This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Hey, everybody, my name is Alex, and you're listening to Lunchbox Radio Sunday Edition. Sorry about the background noise. That is my new air conditioner for my studio because, of course, my studio is at the highest point in the town I moved to. So I need an air conditioner to make sure I don't sweat out my entire body weight and die. But that said, I want to talk about something that is in still in the guise of the kinds of more industry-centric shows that I've been doing for the Sunday edition because that's really what I conceived of the Sunday edition for. So today I want to talk about editing anime in America. Now, as lots of you probably know, there's been lots of controversies around the ways anime has been edited for an American audience. And I'm going to go through a couple of examples and I'm going to include links to those examples, so you, so you know I have the receipts for this shit. But basically, throughout the, throughout really the 90s, the 90s was the, the late 80s, 90s, although I'm sure there are early examples, for sure. I, anime was changed for an American audience because the way that the television network structure worked is that there was usually an old white guy at the top of it, and he would make a lot of the decisions. So you would get, or with a bunch of old white guys usually, so you would get things like the infamous jelly donut thing in Pokemon, or you would get things like a lesbian couple becoming cousins in Sailor Moon. And there are a bunch of instances of this. Some of it was just dumb, wrong-headed things like the previous two I mentioned. Others were more practical things or things that were done so that the show could be aired at all on American television because American television is... It has different rating standards. It has different um, rating standards than television in other countries. If you watch television in France, for example... There's a lot of nudity they just don't care about. Don't care. It's very strange. Because you'll be watching, like, a show on French TV in the middle of a third day, and there's just boobs on screen. Nobody cares. Here we have the FCC, and I'm well acquainted with the um, FCC because I, when I was a kid, took took the radio DJ test, which, if you know anything about... Radio, you know, there's time slots for radio, and this is, sim- this is similar to the way TV is set up, too. But there's time slots for radio that go from, like, this is what you can show at 1 o'clock in the morning to this is what you can show at, like, 3 in the morning. What that looks like is a range of what you're allowed to do on television. So something like Cowboy Bebop was on so late in the day in Cartoon Network because that's where it was allowed to be on, if that makes any sense. 
And a lot of you are saying right now, like, Alex, it was on at like one o'clock. Yeah, that's where it was allowed to be. Same thing with something like Outlaw Star. And before you, you're like, there's no technical nudity in most of Outlaw Star, except for the one episode they cut. It more has to do with, like, suggestions of things, graphic violence, all ki- there's all kinds of reasons why something is not, ra- is not rated, like, TV7 or something. Lots of stuff is rated TV13 or M for mature, or... TVM or TV whatever. A lot of the edits were made for the purpose of we want to show this to a more general audience or we know who we want to target this to and so we're going to change it so it can be on TV at a certain time and we're not going to have to worry about the FCC. That is true in some cases. In other cases, it is dickhead executives not being confident in their viewer's intelligence, that's where the Pokemon Jelly Donut move comes from, which if you don't know the Pokemon Jelly Donut thing, although I can't imagine how you don't, they changed the idea of a rice ball to being a jelly donut because they didn't, like, they didn't want to spend the airtime explaining what a rice ball was to kids. When they could have just said, you want a rice ball, and it would have been over. It's just, it's not complicated. Kids, even at the age that I was when Pokemon was coming out, are not that dumb. They're not, they're like, they, they their brains are malleable enough to accept, oh, rice ball, okay. And if they want to know, they'll go ask their parents or ask their friends who might know. It, a lot of stuff was done for that purpose. The same thing. Same thing is true of the, um, I think it's Sailor, Mer- uh, Sailor Uranus and Sailor Pluto were the lesbian couple in Sailor Moon, which by the way, Sailor Stars just never even aired in America officially because that's got gender bending stuff in it and that's a real no-no. God forbid we have people have a conversation about transge- about being transgender with kids, that would be insane. <laughs> there are also really wholly unique things that happened with editing anime for kids. And one of the best ways to demonstrate this, and actually Jeff Sue, who is currently on my shit list because he made a Blue Lives Matter joke on Twitter, which, not the time, bud, has a video on... English openings to anime, and in it he talks about how he loves some of the English openings. The most infamous one is the pirate rap from the opening of One Piece, where they took the original opening from One Piece out of it, and they commissioned this, like, cheesy 90s rap. Of 
for the opening of that song. I remember when that show aired on 4Kids and I saw that and I was just like, what? What is this? The thing about lots of music choices like that is they're not, they're not inherently a bad thing. Because why Hedgehala is a great song, the thing that most fans in America remember opening Dragon Ball Z is the Rock the Dragon song. First, also, still you have things like what was done for Sailor Moon, where they took the melody and they took the and they took the general meaning of the song and they re-recorded it in English, so it had an English that song has an English version. That is another great option, although, like I said, Sailor Moon had its issues with editing. Now, here's where we come to my favorite anime edited by America for American audience, because it's such a mind-bendingly weird thing. And that is Cardcaptor Sakura. Now, if you are, let's say, on the younger side, you might have heard about this, but you don't know the specifics. But if you're close to my age, or you saw Car Captured when it aired on WB, or your version aired on WB, you already know what I'm going to say. Or if you don't, drop in. It's quite the ride. When Kids WB wanted to air Card Captured, they, first they dropped, they kind of drops the Sakura part of it, but they also wanted to air Card Captures to a different audience than it was intended for, which if you know anything about Clamp's stuff, largely with the exception maybe of XXHolic, it is, Clamp stuff is aimed at young girls. And it's, Clamp is not a single creative person with that pen name. It is a group of, I think, like 36 or something female creators who all make, who all contribute to that pen name. So Car Capture Chakra was created for young girls. It is created as a magic, as a magical girl, as a young girl magical girl series. Kid WB and especially in the 90s and even frankly up till now, I, Kid WB and many people who make decisions around Kid WB and cartoons and toys and all this stuff have very specific and gendered ideas of who would like something, who wouldn't like something. What I mean by that is when whoever, whatever executive approved Car Captain Chakra, they clearly had it in mind that that show should be aimed at young boys. Which, if you look at that show, I don't, I don't understand how you're like, oh yeah, this is for, this is for, this is for boys. The, the show is so specifically, I'm watching the original that's been re, that's been re-released and redubbed and like, 
has the original song, has the original opening and ending in it. But the uh, which you can find on Netflix. I think it just came out on Netflix actually. But that show is so aimed at young girls in the same way that Sailor Moon is so aimed at young girls. It is so about the trials and tribulations of growing up as a girl that I, when you watch the Kid WB version of it, you, even if you even if you haven't watched it recently, if you go watch the version on Netflix, you you see how much they bent over backwards to make it this like different thing this adventure show when it has when it certainly is an adventure show but it had elements of like personal discovery it has elements of like female of like young female relationships it has all these things kind of wrapped up into itself but at the time kid wb was only interested in the action show portion of it so they got so they got rid of the opening which is a really great opening and they replaced it with um the kids and you can go look this up you can go look up the i think you should type into youtube kids wb card capture opening and you'll get the like kind of great <laughs> It's not, that's not what should have happened with that show. That show could have been a show about a girl dealing with, dealing with shit as herself and going through the world and learning about it. And it, they turned it into a, like, shitty action show and once Lee shows up it's like all the fuck over <laughs> because they're like oh there's a boy character who's cool now let's cut out shots of Sakura so I understand why executives do this shit because they are trying to sell to what they perceive their audience is we're going to talk about modern examples after this but it's it's just not, it's not worth altering the work itself so much that it changes the way it's viewed for, for that goal. Because it, there's a very high possibility that if Cardcast Soccer was aired as is when it came out on Kid WBA, it would have survived longer because that show was cut that run of that show was cut short because there was such a massive letter writing campaign that they canceled the thing like they got mountains of hate mail and i'm not talking like emails or twitter or any of that bullshit i'm talking about letters in the mail every day by the bag full it got bad and so they they released a statement and they and they ended their run of the show before it could before it could complete. So that like Kid WB thing 
only goes so far. But now I want to get to the infamous Ava issues. So if you're not aware, Ava has a quite rabid fan base. Some, including Hideki Anno, would say, too rabid. Which is why he made an entire movie where the point of the movie is that he hates it, is that the movie actively hates the viewer. But because the Ava is all because the Ava TV show is already out there or, and already has a record, everybody will always want it in the way they originally saw it. So, something that is clear to me about Netflix is that they don't like to release things without their stamp on it. So, it, that leads to a lot of that leads to a lot of issues. First, it leads to the issue of constant delay in many cases because it's clear that they want they want to put out anime that's dubbed so they can so it can have the max viewership and have the max chance to get viewers. I understand that. But the way they handled it with Ava was they had the entire script rewritten and redubbed. They didn't get all the music rights, which is really shitty. They got the one that they got the one that counts, but not the second one that counts in that they got the they got the right to Cruel Angel Thesis because if you don't get the right to Cruel Angel Thesis, what in the actual Sam Hell fuck are you doing putting Ava on a streaming service, you piece of dog shit? That not not experiencing that opening before you go into the show is a war crime. <laughs> it is one of the only anime I've watched on on Netflix, although I have uh, I have the first DVD of it of Ava. I don't have all of them because I don't have that kind of money. But I have the first Ava DVD, and watching Ava on Netflix is the first time. It's the first time where I had a like visceral, like in my gut, fuck you reaction to the skip intro button popping up. I wanted to just like you could have turned that off for this one show Netflix. You could have not given people the opportunity to be idiots. But the the thing they did so there's two things. So first is the thing they didn't get. They didn't get the rights to do the fly me to the moon thing they did at the end of each episode, which if you're not aware, at the end of each episode of Evangelion, there's a rendition of Fly Me to the Moon by each voice actor. So there's a Shinji version, there's a Rei version, there's a Misato version, I think there's a um, Ritsuko version. Uh, but that leads into this feeling of the show, it leads into the show being about these characters. Because as much of as Ava has big robot fights and like Christian imagery, it's primarily about the relationship between the characters and themselves and 
the character and each other, and the character and the world. And to take the those performances out while they have seem like they have it has no pro- it would cause no problem. It makes it feel less complete because that ending is it feels like a private moment you're spending with each character. And once the show lacks that, it it gets just a little smaller. If that makes any sense. Now, uh, the other things they did in the show itself is they changed the voice line from "I like you" to what from "I like from I love you" to "I like you." Um, they totally fucked up the on-screen captioning, and what I mean by that is when you watch anime dubbed, many times when you see signage or something written. The, you'll get subtitles for whatever's written in Japanese. And many times you won't because places are lazy. And I understand that. It's already a lot of work to get anime like in front of your eyes. Adding another thing can sometimes be a lot. But the thing that, about Ava is you have to turn on subtitle in Netflix is as last I knew you had to turn on subtitles and the English dub to get everything. Because of the scene where um, where Ritsuko goes to fix the Magi, which is a computer in Ava. But she opened, and the Magi was made by her mother. And she opens up the, like, the plate there, and there is, there are all of these Sticky notes. They're all these sticky notes with notes on how to fix this thing, and they're all very specific, and they have each have something little written on them, and they're like, there's a point at which they're basically surrounding Ritsuko as she's like dealing with this thing. But there's this one note that they focus in on, and it's just, just fuck you, Akari. Because in the story, Ritsuko's mother was involved with Gendo for a period of time until he was an asshole, basically. And her, like, dying wish was to fuck with Gendo, basically. And that little moment when you see it in the original airing and it's subtitle and you catch it is a great piece of, like, natural connection to to the story and itself and the world. But in the um, in the Netflix thing, because they fucked with the dubbing and they fucked with the subtitling, it you miss it. There's an opportunity to miss that little slice of what you will find out later. There's an opportunity where foreshadowing is eliminated, and that it just doesn't it doesn't feel right. If that makes any sense. So, the last thing they did was they made a bunch of dubbing choices, the most annoying of which is they call... They, when you when you introduce to the children, the pilots, they're supposed to be called the first child, the second child, and the third child. What they did was they dubbed it as first children, second children, third children, fourth children, and it... It just sucks. 
just sucks. And it's so, it, it's so jarring and it stops you in your tracks so quickly that it, it just doesn't feel good. As of, as a moment of dubbing and as a dubbing choice, it just doesn't feel good. And I, I want to, at this point, I want to say that all of this, because all of this stuff happened, it, it, hopefully companies learn from this and they know that they should make different choices in the future. I'm not saying use honorifics and all this other stuff because I understand that there are, while I understand that there are people who want to do that, do that stuff and want to hear that stuff in their shows, it's not, it's not a useful thing by any account. It's not a useful, it, it can take you out of a, it can take many viewers out of a show when they hear honorific and they're not, they don't feel colloquial. So like, it's one thing that the, like, Calling people by the last name is one thing, because lots of anime names are designed where they know you'll, are created, where they know you'll be referring to the character by their last name, mostly. But, it, honorifics and little peccadillos like that aren't just, just, I hate to say that they're not important, because they are, but you can find, you can find ways to mimic those in the native language of the person watching it and it will feel a lot more natural um but things like major overhauls things like intentionally changing lines like they did in say um in dragons made a couple a bunch of seasons back they just shouldn't they shouldn't happen because Part of the, I, I believe, part of the responsibility as a licensor of a product, because anime is a product, it's not, it is an entertainment product. Part of the responsibility of a licensor and a license and a distributor of anime is that you give the creator's intended product as much as humanly possible to the viewing audience. So, another example. Um, and I know that music licensing factors into a lot of this. The last example I want to talk about, because I find it wild, and I've talked about this before, actually a couple Sunday shows back I talked about it, but Dimension W was commissioned, was brought to, was brought to an animation an animation committee by Funimation, the manga was brought by Funimation to an animation studio, and Funimation sat on the committee and retained and retained a lot of, and retained a majority of the rights to that show, but somehow they didn't get the they did not get the rights for their own for the opening song to that show. For the English dub. So if you go on Funimation.com, right, if you go on Funimation now, right now, 
and you watch Dimension W, if you watch it in the Japanese version, it has the original awesome, very cool opening. If you watch the English dub version, it just it doesn't have an opening. There, that that's the other thing about Dimension W is that the English dub just straight up does not have an opening sequence. It just goes in cold, and that just feels weird. But so it's not even something like they did with Eden of the East when they got Eden of the East and Incubus recorded a very cool song for the opening of Eden of the East through a Japanese music label deal. But because it was done through the Japanese music system, which is a nightmare in terms of licensing, they couldn't, Funimation couldn't get the rights to that song, especially since it was a, like, a named known band. They knew it, they were like, no, you, more money please, and Funimation was like, no, screw off. They went out and they got a, like, kind of so-so Japanese pop idol to record a song for the opening of that show. And it's just like, oh, even going in reverse, you guys fuck this up. So that's just a couple of the kind of editing things that have happened in the past. So if you ever encounter like a odd edit to a show and you, you straight up wonder why the hell this happened or how the hell this could happen, you, now you know there's a big history of it in the past and on that note my name has been alex you've been listening to lunchbox radio sunday edition if you like this show this version of lunchbox radio comes out every sunday a more series based uh, like series review based episode of the show comes out every thursday and if you probably like that too so go check that out. They both come out in the same feed, so you get them both anyway. But you can subscribe to that podcast feed on whatever you're using to listen to me right now. But until Thursday, I've been Alex, and I will talk to you later. 